It's time to talk Bears football with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, a Thursday edition of Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Our producers are Jordan Treadup, Brian Bosick, and Dan Barilli. And thanks to the folks here at The Score for the great job they do. And thank you all for listening. Tom, all I got to say is wow. I said wow when Jakeem Grant went 97 at Lambeau for the punt return touchdown, the only one in the NFL this season. And wow in the situation the Bears are in. Overall today, as uh, folks may have heard by now, 19 players not practicing, eight with an illness, five with injury, and then six more added to the reserve COVID list. That includes guys like Allen Robinson, Jesse James, Joe E.A. Booneyway, Eddie Jackson, and Ryan Naw, and practice squad wide receiver Isaiah Coulter added to the list. That's Eddie Goldman, Mario Edwards Jr., Larry Borum, uh, and then the three coordinators, Sean Desai, Chris Tabor, and Bill Lazor on the COVID list as well. Uh, a real big impact on the offense with the illnesses. That's not to say those guys won't be ready to play in four days, but the clock is ticking. How do you size all of this up? You just got to be as mentally prepared as you possibly can, given the circumstances. Yeah, there's some things at this late stage of the season you're not going to be able to get out there and physically do, but when it comes time for Monday, you got to be mentally prepared to play. No matter if your name is called in the last seconds before the game or if you recover from the COVID list and you get your opportunity to get on the field. They're kind of fortunate they've been through these circumstances all throughout the last year and a half to get a better understanding of it, but you can never be prepared for uh, a situation, what's going on. Frustration indeed from head coach Matt Nagy. Well, you, well, you, you never know going, I can remember going into last year thinking, man, this is, you know, are we going to be able to get through this? And we did. And then you get into this summer and you say, okay, now we're past it. We're going to, we got, you know, vaccinations and, and uh, these are, this is what's going on. We, we, we've been there, done that. We know how to do it. And, and here we are. And, and all of a sudden here, what you see is a spike in numbers and for different reasons. And, and, uh, but what you have to do is, is you have to understand that again, that you have to, we, what we say last year, expect the unexpected, that this is the unexpected it's here. Uh, and so what we got to make sure that we do and maintain as leaders in this building and with these leaders, the players that we have, is make sure that they stay focused. Sometimes as hard as that can be, you have to do it. That's our obligation. And that's why we're here. And so the teams that do that the best will work through it. And, uh, you know, you got to look for where's the, where's, where's the positive out of this. I don't know. But maybe, maybe there's a player that ends up playing that wasn't going to play that, that does something. I don't, I don't know that, but maybe there is. And uh, I think that's that's how you got to approach it. Well, it's a fair question to ask, you know, because first of all, we don't know if more will be added throughout the course of the week. If if something's spreading, it's uh, it's wise to do what they're doing. Remote uh, meetings now on on Zoom and whatnot, but uh, there's only walkthroughs. There's no practice throughout the course of the week, and you really don't know. You can't count on anyone right now. How, do they yeah. have enough players to play? They, you know, they will buy money, but, but, you know, Jeff, we were just, uh, you know, have this example of Tevin Jenkins from last Sunday night. He didn't think he was going to play. All of a sudden at a moment's notice, Jason Peters gets fell on. Boom. You're in Tevin Jenkins and there's no looking back. I think that's the same mentality that a lot of these guys are raised with since the time they get into the NFL. A lot of these guys were stars in their college team and they played every day and every down but then you get into a backup role on the NFL and you never know when your name is going to be called. Some of these guys can go through a full career and never get that opportunity. But again, that's why these guys are in the profession they're in. 
not, you know, you never knew COVID was going to hit, but you also have to, you have to be prepared for the role that these coaches have put you in. They have trust, faith, and understanding that when their time comes, you're going to be ready. Where are your concerns league-wide right now? Because it's not just Chicago, it's Washington, it's Cleveland, it's the L.A. Rams shutting down their facility. Over 100 new COVID cases this week uh, throughout the league in the last couple of days. Just from your perspective as an announcer right now calling these games, what, what are your concerns? I, I have more world concerns than I do NFL concerns because if they had to shut the NFL down for one week and get everything cleaned up and try to get control, get back into everyday testing, have separation in the work atmosphere, and try to get this thing back on track until, until the end of the season and through the Super Bowl, then that's what they would have to do. To me, it's it's hard to ignore what the big picture of the world is. And so um, I don't want to minimalize it, only thinking about the NFL because they can work things out. They showed last year that they were capable of doing this when there wasn't a vaccine, when circumstances were affecting people, um, you know, in a, in a more destructive way. So now it's about making sure you get everybody on track, understand the testing procedures, and possibly get back into the everyday testing profile. Justin Fields, uh, full go today, says he's even better. 90% after the game against Green Bay, admits some soreness after that game, took some pops in that one, tried to limit as many as he could. But his focus is exactly where you had put it, Tommy. I mean, we've done this before, so it's not new. Um, you know, we had it the week we played Detroit on Thanksgiving, so it's not like it's something new to us. So, um, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all grown, man. We all are here for one reason, and that's to win games. So if, you know, guys can't lock in for a walkthrough, then, you know, that's, that's on them at the end of the day. And, you know, it's you know, part, partly my job to make sure the other guys around me are locked in and, you know, um, you know, taking the walkthrough seriously. He has proved many times uh, that he's got a really, really fierce determination no matter what the circumstances. And if it were tomorrow, he'd have a potentially, you know, four new starters on the offensive line. Yeah, but his role is to be a quarterback. It's not to go up in the line of scrimmage, block as a tackle, go back, catch the snap, and then throw the ball downfield. Just do your own job. And we hear that preached by coaches all around the NFL. So Justin has to, you know, take stock in the fact that there will be five guys in front of him, that Juan Castillo is going to get these guys mentally prepared. And you have to shift positions around to make sure that you got five healthy guys up there. It's the same circumstances every NFL team is facing. Tom, three-week window to come off IR for Duke Shelley and Jermaine Effetti. Jermaine's been out for quite some time. Uh, maybe they're ready to go. How would you feel about that? It would certainly help out because the defensive secondary hurting right now as well with Eddie Jackson now on the COVID list. He was playing nickel for crying out loud in the Lambeau game on uh, Sunday night. Uh, Xavier Crawford out today with that concussion. So a lot up in the air in that regard too. Yeah, but you know, Listen, man, if your number's called, Jeff, you got to be ready. It, no matter what the situation is, and this is the most, most unique situation that we've ever been through in our lifetime in the NFL, is you got to be ready to play, whether you're coming off of an injured, uh, an injury list or you're in a backup role and you're ready to go out there and get a starting opportunity. 
This is a situation, too, you're, you're hoping for guys to stick their hand up in the air. Hey, I may not be close to being 100%, but we, we are in a, an acute situation here. Yeah, we're 4-9, and nine, but, you know, this is, this is important. This is our family. Yeah, no one's 100%, though, and that's, the, that's every NFL player will say that every single time. You know, I, I can't remember who it was a couple weeks ago. They were talking to one of the receivers and saying, look, after the first day of training camp, you never feel good until a month after training camp is over. And Marquise Goodwin. Yes. Yeah. There you go. So, I mean, it's, you know, whether you're a, a big guy as an offensive lineman or a smaller guy at the wide receiver position, you're never going to be 100% healthy. Matt Nagy, putting all this in perspective. You have to make sure that, like, for the coordinators, they're, they, they have to Zoom, which is what I did, and you have to make sure that when you're Zooming um, – the only difference is that they're they're not there in person. I mean, that's really the, the biggest difference. And then when you go out to practice, they're not there. So you have to – it just creates a little bit more for you to, to – for the backup plan of however that is, whether it's game day or whether it's the day of practice or whether it's in meetings. You know, it's there's some things that you got to work through. But when you keep, you know, a mindset of understanding that we're not the only team right now in the NFL that's going through this or really any league, sports, sports league, there's other teams that are going through this. When you keep that mindset, you understand it, you you, uh, you try to stay as positive as you can. Real quick on the coordinators, they've got some experience on the staff, obviously, and, and Matt mentioned it earlier today, threw out the name of Mike Pettin. That, that, to me, would make sense on the defensive side of the ball. And they have Tom Herman, who's been a head coach, has helped out the offense and special teams. That could be a, a, a guy that also could be leaned on here. Right. You know, everybody's role has to be elevated. I, I've never seen a situation like this where a team is facing a Monday night football game in there without their three coordinators in, in the week's preparation. Like I said, they're fortunate they have been through this Zoom process before going through the meetings. And if the coaches are healthy enough, they can be on the opposite side of the screen and leading every one of the meetings just like we're doing now. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. Back here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer coming up later in the program. We'll be joined by Pete Bursich, the radio analyst for the Minnesota Vikings. Tom, uh, as we look at what the impact of certain players are this year, we're looking at a lot of young players as we look to the future here, a lot of growth potential. Obviously, we can talk about Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney and David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, but the one guy, the guy who's already made a name for himself and is rising is Roquan Smith. What are your thoughts on where he's come? We're going to listen to him a little bit here in a minute. What is your overall view of what Roquan's impact is now, will be in the future, still a young man? Well, when you talk about impact, Jeff, it's what can you do for your teammates in a leadership role, both by example in the offseason throughout OTA's training camp and then during the regular season into the games. I I think Roquan Smith has developed enough of a voice in that locker room where if something needs to be said behind closed doors, or words of encouragement before or after a game, Roquan Smith has earned that right. And I think that's the best thing that you can say about a football player is that among 60, 70, A type of personalities, that Roquan Smith is one of the leaders of the entire room. So let's listen in. This is our Advocate Healthcare player profile, Roquan Smith, Sunday morning, 1030 on Fox 32 Chicago and Bears Game Day Live. All right, real kind of going to start out with a quote from Matt Nagy, and I don't know if you ever heard it, but he practices how he plays, and he plays how he practices. This guy is extremely motivated. 
He's a football player. High IQ, missile on the field. He's out to show everybody why he's the best middle linebacker in the National Football League. Does Matt Nagy have the pulse of Roquan Smith? Hey, that's that's exactly it. You know, I feel like I'm the guy, you know, bust my tail day in and day out. And uh, the same thing on Sunday, giving my all every single second I'm out there. And I just always remind myself, hey, this could be your last play. So that's why I go as hard as I do. Why is it important to you to be the best middle linebacker in the NFL? I feel like that's just uh, payback to my uh, to myself, my community, uh, everyone that's instilled a lot of great things in me, uh, and just all the hard work that I put in uh, year in and uh, year out, day in and day out. And it's just like, hey, I want to be the best, so I got to show that each and every day. You know you're the leader of the team, right? Uh, definitely one of the leaders of the team. No, I didn't say one. I mean, you're the man right now. This team is about Roquan Smith. And I know you're humble, and I'm putting words in your mouth, but... The fact of the matter is the leadership void has to be filled and it's the younger guys that are going to pave the way for the future. And you're one of those guys right now. I know it's important to you to stay humble and just lead by your actions, but your voice is louder. It is, but you break down the team before games. People are turning to you now. How does that feel? And are you okay? Do you have shoulders for that? Oh, absolutely. It's a tremendous honor, uh, first and foremost, to be uh, considered one of the leaders of this uh, amazing team, amazing brotherhood of guys, and uh, knowing that a lot of guys depend on you uh, in tough moments and uh, when times get tough. So I just try to be that guy everyone can depend on and know regardless of the situation or the circumstances. I'm always be me, and I'm always give it everything that I have, and I think guys have no choice but to respect that. What triggered this? Because you made many comments, intimated often publicly and on social media that you're driven by something. Uh, what is that something and, and what, what is the criticism that kind of put a burr in your saddle that got you to think, you know what, people don't... People didn't always believe in me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's always, there will always be a lot of naysayers and people saying you can't do this and do that. So it's a lot of times just the doubters, just like proving those people wrong and then just proving uh, the individuals and the people, my family and others that believe in me, just proving those people right. And uh, I think that's kind of a thing that's just deep inside of me and just like, hey, I'm not going to let myself down, nor am I going to let my people down. So I think when I'm thinking about that day in and day out, it's just like, it's a tremendous feeling. And then I just be like, hey, I got to do it, whatever it takes to make sure I don't let anyone down and prove those uh, other cats wrong. Do you know who those cats are? Uh, there's a lot of them. So I don't really wow. get into like- A lot of them. <laughs> you really think there were a lot? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot, man, for sure. And at least I'll keep telling myself that. So that'll just keep extra motivation on me and just keep this chip on my shoulder and that I'll always forever have. Now, that's funny to me. He admitted, yeah, maybe it's contrived because he wants to think that. that you know, but that's been his thing here for the last year and a half. When he does go on social media, Tom, it's, it's brief, but it's, it's very focused on those who don't believe in what he's doing or what this team can do down the road. Number one, it's most important to develop belief in yourself. Because I still remember high school kids, Jeff, saying negative things to me when I decided to go to Notre Dame. They told me to my face, I was not academically qualified, athletically, I would never make it. And I still know who they are. But when you look at Roquan Smith and you look at the level he's at and the belief that he's developed in himself, and then you go back and you look at what he's put on display. The first, game, first play of the Cleveland game, he was covering Odell Beckham Jr. out of the slot. 
Sunday night, he read the left guard pulling and was in the backfield for a tackle for a loss before the play got started. He's made sacks from the outside. He's made sacks from the inside. And he puts it on display week in and week out. That shows you his commitment to work ethic, but it also shows you the belief that he's developed within himself to know that he's capable of doing and going beyond everything that's asked of most football players. He's in a great place. You could hear it in his voice, Tom. Things aren't going well. Bears are four and nine. You've got COVID cases popping up left and right. You got all kinds of issues going on. Uncertainty uh, rules the day right now. But Roquan Smith is in a very good place. Is that very good for the organization foundationally moving forward? It's unbelievable because he's setting an example for the other guys to pay attention to. There's a lot of that outside noise they often talk about that you have to ignore. And it's about how you get yourself prepared physically and mentally year round. This is not something that's a 17 time a year job for Roquan Smith. This is 365 days a year. And, you know, throughout the offseason, throughout OTAs, throughout training camp, throughout the regular season, we've never seen a decline in Roquan Smith at any element of his job since the day he's got here. And I think that's what's elevated our expectations for him because what he's put on display to us. Yeah, he was there every day during the offseason. That was something we heard about. We weren't uh, able to see it personally, but we know we heard about it. We, he was there every single day, and that, that really bodes well for the future as well. As I say, somebody that can shoulder that kind of demand and that kind of load, what's next for him? What do you want to see from him as a next level to, to reach? Because you're never satisfied, so... You know, is it more splash plays? It's be, is it being deployed in a different way to use his unique skill set? What is it? You know, Jeff, eventually he's going to be rewarded with a new contract. And then that changes the perception of every other guy that's looking at you in the locker room. How does Roquan Smith, how does every player around the NFL react when they get that second contract? But that's when we need to see the voice, the voice of Roquan Smith become louder in the locker room. He needs to prepare at the same level he's been preparing at and improving year in and year out. Because once you get rewarded that money, once you earn that money, every other guy is looking, how can I do that? And why did Roquan Smith, why was he able to do it at such a high level? All right, coming up next, we're going to step away. We'll be hearing from Sam Muster for analyzing not only the Vikings, but his own play and how the Bears will move forward on their offensive line as they get ready to meet the Minnesota Vikings Monday night football at Soldier Field for the 715 kickoff. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Back in a minute. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score, as we venture into the deep, deep waters of Bears-Vikings coming up on Monday night. Uh, Tommy, uh, Sam Mustafer uh, talked this week. Haven't heard from him in, in a bit during the regular week, but, you know, digging out of 4-9, and nine, that was one of the topics here earlier this week. Anytime you sit in a situation where you're you're four and nine, you're <laughs> you got to find solutions. However, you know I can be better for this team. 
better for this franchise. That, that's all I'm looking at. Um, how can I be the best center to help you know the Chicago Bears win? That that that's what matters to me personally. There are things that are out of my control, and to put my energy and effort into things that are you know above me or out of my control, that that's not going to help the Bears win. What what helps the Bears win if, is if I come up Sundays, Thursday, Monday nights to. No perform to the best of my ability. He always has the right mindset. No matter what the performance, no matter what the outcome, Sam Mustaver's got his head screwed on right, Tommy. Right. You know, ultimately, we're looking at the overall performance of five guys. But if you don't have the organization, the control, the concentration of a guy like Sam Mustaver in the middle, because really, Sam's job affects two other guys. That's the offensive guard to the right and the offensive guard to the left. And he's got a great working relationship. He's another one of these guys like Roquan in the show that's been there every day. He doesn't look for veteran days off. He's been able to transition through multiple quarterbacks throughout his time already here with the Bears. And it's important to him. And I think that's the biggest reflection that an offensive lineman can have because it's not a star-studded pat-on-your-back type of job. It's just making sure that you do the dirty work to get yourself prepared to go out there and play on a regular basis. And Sam has a really important role in the future of this football team. And that's a topic he also discussed, how if he sees himself as a part of the future. You know, that's, that's a unique question um, because uh, a, a year ago, I wasn't really even sure like what was going on. I was kind of, you know, in the situation that Tevin is in, not in the sense that I was a second-round draft pick, because, but because I was just into the fire. Um, so, you know, I've been to I, – I was, I was telling uh, the guys, actually, that was my first time being on Ford Field when we played on Thanksgiving. And the last time I was there, I was sitting in the suites. So, like, I understand how quickly this game can be taken away from you. So I have a unique perspective in that, that when I come into the building every day, like, I only think about today. Like, tomorrow really isn't promised. And I'm not even talking about from a life or death standpoint. I'm talking about from – this is a cutthroat league. Um, it's what can you do for me now? And that that's all that matters. Um, so, you know, we try not to focus on that. We try to focus on tomorrow and understanding that Monday night's a huge opportunity for us. Uh, regardless of if we're 4-9 or, or what, like every day you got an opportunity. We're, we're going to come in the building tomorrow and practice as hard as we possibly can and correct the things that we messed up during the Green Bay game. So that, that's all we're focused on. And it, it's good to have a, a group of guys who are like-minded and who love the, love the grind. That's, that's, it, that's really important for our offensive line. Is that also the mindset, though, of an undrafted guy? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked that. You know, Jeff, he's got to leave the fact that he was a free agent in the rearview mirror. It's what's expected of Sam Muster for going forward. Yeah, you could once be evaluated in the position and where he was not picked, where he chose to go, and that was the Chicago Bears. He's been a part of a great supporting cast that he's been able to galvanize, but they've also been able to help him. So Sam has earned himself out of that free agent role because right now he's a starting center in the NFL, and that mindset will never change for him. Whether it's with the Bears or anybody else in his career, he's always going to be looked at as a starter. All right, let's talk Vikings with Sam Musterer's viewpoint of what that front seven, uh, the challenges of Minnesota's defensive front they do a great job disguising certain things i mean harrison smith's also a veteran safety he can be at the line of scrimmage and be in the back end in a in a split second so you know understanding how the play clock works what they're looking at uh what tips they're studying understanding that they're listening to our calls and 
you know, there's got to be adjustments made. Tom, what do you see from the Vikings? Does he have a, uh, has he have it right because uh, Harrison Smith does uh, linger around that line of scrimmage, but so do just about everybody on that team. Uh, they got some big guys up front to deal with, and Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson, the edge guys are out, as uh, we'll learn from uh, our conversation coming up, I'm sure, with Pete Bursich, the radio analyst. But uh, the Vikings are not ranked very highly in stopping the run, stopping the pass, or in yardage allowed. You know, for a guy like Sam Mustafer and the offense as a whole, it's identifying the whereabouts of the defenders. Who's in their stance? Who's the responsibility of the offensive line? Who's on the second level? Who is the responsibility of an extra offensive lineman or a possibility of the back? But then you got Harrison Smith. Jeff, he can line up all the way up at the line of scrimmage and be considered a defensive lineman. He can hang around that second level where he's in between the responsibility of a running back and maybe a tight end or an extra offensive lineman, or he can come all the way from the defensive backfield. So it's going to be about having your head up in your stance, all offensive linemen and tight ends and running backs, identify your responsibility, and then get some landmarks of where these guys are coming from. Because the last thing you want to do leaving a player as intelligent as Harrison Smith to freelance and allow him to come unblocked. That's when he creates havoc. So Sam understands Harrison Smith, where you got to identify him and then what position you have to look at him depending upon where he lines up before the snap of the ball. What are your impressions of their defense? Uh, They have 41 sacks that leads the NFL, and that's without a full season of Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter. They combined for 11 snacks before they were out of of commission, but they're getting a a bunch of people. There's 15 dudes that have had a half a sack or more. It kind of reminds me of Mike Dicka when he used to run the projector in charge of the offense when I played for the Bears. Mike Zimmer is in charge of the defense. And you can imagine sitting in the meeting with him as he's running the projector with every one of those defensive members on the squad because he knows every single person's assignment. I think you got to live up to the expectations of Mike Zimmer when you play defense for the Minnesota Vikings. I like their attitude. They've always been a really feisty group. Kendricks is one of the better linebackers in, in the NFL, complimented by Harrison Smith. And they've always had good edge pass rushers. Right now with Hunter and Everson Griffith out of the lineup, they'll be moving bodies around. But they're also going to look at the vulnerabilities of the offensive line and where they determine where they can best fit and attack the Bears' offense. So again, it's about studying during the week, but understand the defensive mentality you're going against comes from the head coach. All right, that's Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Gioniak. We're going to step away when we come back. I'll be joined by Pete Bursich, the radio analyst for the Minnesota Vikings. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score, and this is Bears All Access. Stick around. A lot more ahead. Welcome back to Bears All Access. This segment is brought to you by CDW. People to get it, learn more at CDW.com. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Gioniak here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. He is the pride of Providence. Pride of Providence, New Lenox High School, Notre Dame, and the analyst, the longtime analyst of the Minnesota Vikings. He's the Chicago Bears version of Tom Thayer at the Minnesota Vikings. Pete <laughs> Bursich, how you doing? How we doing? I'm good. I'm good. You, you you mentioned long time, and I'm sitting here, and I'm going, yeah, I'm almost 50. So, <laughs> and, you know, I know Thayer longs for the days when he was 50. But, uh, yeah, I've been doing this now. I've been with the club 26 years, so it's in one capacity or another. 
they kept firing me and I kept coming back and, you know, as a coach when I couldn't play anymore. And now when I couldn't coach anymore, I do this. And, but it's been, it's been a wonderful run and, and uh, I've enjoyed it immensely. Well, you do a great job on the radio and uh, your insight. Well, thank you. Keen. I, I listened to your game, uh, your last game. And so learned, learned a few things uh, about uh, your ball club. But the biggest thing I learned is that offensive line cleared some big, big holes for your guy, Delvin Cook against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They did. And, you know, we, we've, you know, you go into a game, the second game in a row, where you've moved three of your linemen. We had Ole Udo playing right guard, and he struggled a little bit there. He's athletic, but so they moved him to left tackle, and then they bring Bradbury back in, who had been out for a while because Mason Cole was starting at center. So they moved Mason Cole to right guard and put Bradbury back at center. And uh, it was the second week of that of that lineup, per se. And, um, you know, for the Steelers, without T.J. Watt, they're, they're a different team. You know, they're 6-2 and two with him. Um, the only two losses they had when he was was one of the game that he came back from being injured, um, and we took advantage of their of their front. And um, Dalvin Cook, what a he's 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 the heart and soul of this team. Um, you know, people talk about Cousins and, and and the things that he can do, and Justin Jefferson. But when uh, you know when when Dalvin Cook comes out with the shoulder brace, I mean, he's old school. He came out had the shoulder brace on. He was fifty fifty going into the game. He had 206 yards and then had a TFL on his last carry, so brought it down to 205. But uh, what a what a competitor. He's tough. Um, and we're going to need him in a game like this coming up against Chicago. Hey, Pete. So I go back and I'm looking at the Pittsburgh Steeler game. The third play of the game, you got four guys lined up to the right of the center. Then you pull the left guard to the right who's being followed by a fullback, all creating a point of attack for Dalvin Cook. Is is a formation this aggressive on one side of the ball? Is it a product of replacement offensive linemen? Is it, or is it what you needed to do to Dalvin Cook to get him up into that second and third level before he's ever touched? Well, I, you know, we bring, we like to, we like to throw in an extra offensive lineman for a tight end just to get that blocking out on the edge. And when, you play these three, four type teams, their outside linebackers are so good. You want to have a bigger body out there. So uh, we'll, we'll substitute an extra big guy up front. And, you know, I think for, for Pittsburgh, you know, they played Baltimore the, on the Sunday before they played us. So you talk about a team schematically, offensively, you know, that's antithetical to what we do. I mean, it's completely opposite. And I, I just don't think that they, you know, made the transition, so to speak, from, you know, from there to to playing us. But the power running game, um, I'd love to see it come back. I mean, that's what took teams out of that, you know, proverbial 46 zone bare front to begin with back in the 80s. And you start being able to get double teams and moving guys up front. Um, you're you're able, I think, to, to do those things. So we're a much better man blocking counter ISO draw type of a front than we are just running the zones left and right because um, our guys up front aren't, aren't huge. And so we're apt to give a penetration, especially against guys like Bilal Nichols and Akeem Hicks and some of the animals that you guys have up front. All right, fill in the blank here. The Minnesota Vikings are going <laughs> to the playoffs because is it the MVP of the team? Is it is it uh, is the quarterback or is it Dalvin Cook? I think it's I think it's Dalvin Cook. I mean, um, Dalvin is is the the most consistent player we have. Um, 
I think he can, you know, the reception that he had late in the game when we needed, you know, we needed to move the chains. He comes up big. But when Dalvin is is rolling, then Kirk is usually a much better quarterback. And that's because of the play actions and the different things that you can do off of the run action, uh, which allows Kirk to, to, to buy some time and let him. If you let Kirk Cousins sit in a pocket unmolested, um, he's going he's gonna to pick anybody apart. I mean, he, he has that accuracy. Uh, you have to get after him. You have to make him move. You've got to make him feel uncomfortable. Uh, and when you're running the football and running the football at a good clip, at, at a five-yard-per-carry type clip, something similar to what we had against Pittsburgh, it's hard. It's hard for those D linemen to shift gears and go think about the run and then have to shift gears and then and go after the quarterback. You stay out of third and long. I mean, that's been another nemesis of ours is when it's third and eight, third and ten, defensive linemen can pin their ears back. You know, you can you can widen out your your nose tackle and you have two, three techniques. You do those kinds of things to make it more difficult um, for cousins to be protected. So I think Dalvin Cook is is been is absolutely the MVP of this team. And if we can get him going Monday night, um, I think the Vikings have a pretty good shot. Pete Bursitz, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, this is Bears All Access. Jeff and Tom with you. The local product, Pete Bursich, former NFL player, coach, and broadcaster right now for the Minnesota Vikings. So I was telling Tommy, looking back at the last time we played the Vikings, looked up my old board, team was 6-7, and seven, same as a year ago. As they, yeah, honestly, but I, I, I mean, oh, come on. wait, no, I, and, and you did not make the playoffs last year, but the, the, the difference is I counted no. 27, I think 27 new faces on the current 53 man roster, which is more than that bottom third of a roster that overturns every year. How is that uh, continuity come around, especially on the defensive side of the ball? And what do you feel you guys are doing? Well, the numbers don't say you're you're doing very well in terms of yards, but how how are you overall doing defensively? And what should the Bears be bracing for? Well, I I think situationally um, there are some good things. We're we're a good uh, third down team. We just unfortunately don't always see a lot of third downs. Um, you, you know, we're we're pretty good team in the red zone. I think what Mike Zimmer made a comment uh, in his Monday Monday morning presser. And he was talking about the difference between the first half. I mean, we were up 29 to zero and the Steelers were able to come back and make that a game. And he talked about the difference between the first half and the second half. And the ba- the bottom line is this is it's not that the players changed or the calls changed. It's just the lack of discipline. It's the lack of making sure as a corner, Bashad Breeland, that you're lined up perfectly, that you're not too far inside, that you're not too far outside, that you're doing and paying attention to all the little things. And, you know, when, when teams want to throw the football, you take out, uh, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce. Now this was the first game. Think about this. We, we had these, we had Michael Pierce, Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr set up to go into the season. It wasn't until last week that we had all four of them on the field at the same time. And oh, by the way, we're without Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin, who I believe are still uh, either our sack leaders are still right at the top and they haven't played in weeks. So the defensive line as you know, we've, we've substituted some people in there. We've, we've gotten some juice out of some guys that we don't normally have. But that's kind of the identity is it, those four guys in the front. You have Harrison Smith and Xavier Woods in the back end. Very, very smart. Um, I look forward to seeing what they can do to fields in, in a way that they can shift and confuse. They work in tandem. They work well together to give looks and then to make things shift and change. So 
we're going to need some of that, you know, absolutely um, against the Bears. And it's just a matter of what team shows up. I mean, you guys have some explosive receivers, some explosive players. It's just a matter of, 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 of how disciplined we can be. And again, we go from shutting a team out in the first half to giving up, you know, almost 30 some points in the second half. And it's not the calls. It's not the people. It's just the guys on the field executing what they're supposed to do. And when they mentally take a step back or kind of mentally go into cruise control, oh my God, it's a disaster. <laughs> I mean, it's been, it's been a roller coaster ride. Well, it's, no, it's been an absolute roller coaster ride. Pete, no team has given up more points in the latter part of a first or second half late in the game. Two minute offenses are killing you guys all year. Well, and and then what's been what's been hugely you know just you don't understand it is is the last two minutes of the first half. I mean, I know we've given up over a hundred points in the second quarter, and I think three like seventy five percent of that one hundred points has been inside the last two minutes, and it's not like. The two-minute defense is is what's going out there and not getting it done. It's we've had some seven-minute drives right at the end of the first half that that started with six seven minutes left and end on a touchdown. And one week it's you know one week it's this, the next week it's a penalty, the next week it's somebody just losing a guy. I mean, I, you can't make it up. And again, it goes back to that lack of focus. And when you get laid into the halves of football games. That's what it's about. It's about focus, toughness, you know, uh, making sure you get your job done. And that's the kind of thing that's, I think that's been failing on us. It's been, it's been a bizarre year in that, in that respect. I mean, we, every week it's something different every week. It might, might be a turnover or penalty. It's, it's just been uh it's been a moving target for sure. Uh, Pete, you know, I love Harrison Smith and Kendricks. I think on the back end of the defense, these guys are two of the better players in the NFL. But can they be the two better players in the NFL at that position if they don't have Griffin and Hunter up front? Um, I think Pierce, I think, again, Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson uh, helped those guys out quite a bit. I think Anthony Barr stepped up, um, you know, in, in, in a bit of a leadership role last week. We had a bad taunting penalty, and, you know, Barr stepped up and, kind of shoved the guy that did it and, and was like, you know, Chris Boyd, he's like, that. you know, we, we don't do those kinds of things here, which, which was great to see. But I think that that middle of the defense depends a lot on those two inside guys. And, and, you know, we've got guys like Kenny Willekes who are picking up the slack kid from Michigan state um, on the outside. Um, you know, so DJ Wanham is doing a decent job. Um, you know, we, we've had to move some other, you know, some other guys around to different positions. So we're not getting, we're not getting the juice that we got out of Daniel Hunter, uh, but I think for Kendricks and you know, uh, you know, for Kendricks in the middle of the field and Harrison Smith, so much of what they do depends on that nose tackle and three technique combo. All right, Pete. Our last question before I let you go. Appreciate it as always. Uh, what what are the rumblings right now out of Minnesota? Every team, every oh, there's got them. Uh, wait, what do you mean? We got we got. Everything. <laughs> I mean, we're we're you know it, it, it's. It, it, you know, it is, it is amazing. And I think that, um, the, you know, with, with Zimmer, he's just been around a long time. And last year was a very, very tough year to go through a lot of it doing, dealing with injury. And it's kind of the same thing again. And this team just can't get to 500 and over 500. We can't get over the hump. And I think the, the, what the fans think is it's getting stale, right? They, you know, they're, they're talking about play calling and some other things. They're looking for stuff, but they're still getting stale. Um, you know, that, that Zimmer's been around for a long time and the same voice, the same players, 
you know, and, and, and I think that's where the frustration is coming from. Um, you know, the wolf, the wolf group, the wolf ownership group, they're fantastic. They're very patient. I think they're going to let the season absolutely, you know, play out and, um, you know, and see how this thing ends. And, you, you know, you never know if these guys on, on the Vikings team decide that they want to do this and that they really commit themselves to it. I think that's the only, that's the only hurdle. And, you know, it's up to Zimmer to get those guys going and get them going on the road. All right, Pete, we'll let you go. Appreciate it. Uh, tell our buddy Paul Allen not to come to Chicago and say, hey, take it easy on us today. I know he's in a big city. That's how he preps me before every game that I see him. You tell him he's rolling in here with some, some confidence, but we hope to take it away. Uh. All Paul, right. Paul's never at a lack. He's never at a lack for confidence, right? <laughs> I mean, he's never at a lack for confidence. Look forward to seeing you guys uh, on Monday. Please stop in. Please stop in. That's Pete. All Persons. right, guys. Yeah, I will. Take Appreciate care. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. With top there, Jeff Joniak. More coming up as we break down the Bears and Vikings here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Download the Chicago Bears app to play our new predictor game, Risk It, brought to you by Bet Rivers for your chance to win $250 in free bets and a custom Bears jersey. Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, wrapping up our show tonight. It's uh, riddled with questions. So many questions. I have no idea who will be ready to play because of sickness, injury, and COVID-19 reserve list, and that includes coaches as well. 12 players now on the COVID list, all three coordinators on the COVID list, 13 more players did not practice today, 7 to non-COVID illness, and includes a chunk of offensive players. All right, with all that being said, Big Tom, how do you deal with the Minnesota Vikings? Let's start offensively because it starts with stopping Delvin Cook. Exactly. Well, you said it right there. Is as good as Kirk Cousins is, and the people have put his name in the same paragraph as a possible MVP candidate in, in the league. It's about stopping Dalvin Cook and making sure that you attack the offensive line. Don't let their offensive line attack you. They play some unique formations. They play some impactful and PowerPoint football. But the Bears defensively have always played really well against Minnesota Vikings at home. So don't give them any encouragement early in the game. Try to be as physical as and play as fast as you possibly can and take Dalvin Cook off of his tracks. Uh, you know, he's playing with a little bit of a sore shoulder, so it's going to take the physical element if you want to take any speed or power away from Dalvin Cook. They certainly uh, unleashed him against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but in uh, all due respect, the Steelers uh, really didn't give much of a fight up front, and the and the blocking was on point for Minnesota. Yeah, I think whenever you play the Minnesota Vikings at home, it's the perfect playing atmosphere. It's an extremely fast surface in the sports turf. It's indoors. You're going to be able to get stretched out as as well as you possibly can at this point in the season. But now circumstances are going to be different. It's going to be at home in Soldier Field on the natural grass surface. You're always thinking about your footing. That's why the Bears, they have to have a good, powerful first drive and take a little bit of the sting out of the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Cook, uh, 3.6 yards a carry and a long of 20 in five career games against the Bears on 88 carries, a couple of touchdowns, a couple of fumbles. He will put the ball on the ground if that opportunity presents itself. Jalen Johnson going to have a busy day, Tom, dealing with Justin Jefferson. What a talent he's become. Outstanding route runner. Has a chance to uh, set records for two years in the league, passing Randy Moss, and also will likely pass, well, he will. He will pass in a game or two, depending on how the Bears defend him this week. He'll pass Odell Beckham for the most receiving yards in a two First two years of a career. Yeah, you know, that's kind of the, uh, the cool thing about the NFL when you look at a league wide. 
when you have a guy like that that unexpectedly bursts on the scenes and has a great season complemented by an experienced quarterback like Kirk Cousins, you want to see if they can back that season up with that same star potential, that same big play quality. He's been able to do that. And now with Adam Thielen gone with a high ankle sprain, now there's even more put on Jefferson's plate. Can he not not necessarily do it single-handedly, but can he stretch the field like a big number one receiver? They do have tight ends that's developing and building, and they always have Dalvin Cook, who has game-breaking explosive speed from and at the line of scrimmage. But Jefferson, he's the big play go-to guy right now, and like I said, single-handedly without Adam Thielen. Going to be another active day for the linebackers uh, defensively. We touched on early in the show, but I want to bring up Patrick Peterson uh, after a great career in Arizona at one corner. Maybe he's not the athlete that he was, but he's still a physical corner, likes to mix it up on the outside. Yeah, then get physical back with him. You see where he's at at this stage in his career. I think the least impressive thing about the Minnesota Vikings as a team is their defensive backfield outside Harrison Smith. Some of these guys, yeah, they're up in age, but listen, they still got Darnell Mooney, who has big play potential, and they have running backs that can catch it out of the backfield if they want to challenge defensive backs at the line of scrimmage. But it's going to take Justin to have confidence in his pass protection and some accuracy downfield, and maybe you get more targets to the tight end position if you are missing some key wide receivers. Yeah, just got to keep Justin free from getting tagged in this game against the Minnesota Vikings. Special teams kickoff coverage on alert with Kane Wangu. Two touchdowns this season against the 49ers and Ravens. Something to watch. And, Tom, uh, delve back into your past. Just saw the Bears posting today on Twitter. A happy birthday, William Perry, big number 72. And they put the highlight in the London game when he ran in for the touchdown. I saw 57 out there doing his thing at the goal line (laughs) and Fridge scoring in London against the Dallas Cowboys. Remember that play? Jeff, the first play they ever used William Perry was against the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. And I was right at the point of attack. The only thing that was going through my mind was make sure you get movement on your block or else William Perry's going to drill you right in the back. The more playing time, the more opportunities he got in the backfield and short yardage and goal line, he was great incentive to make a key block to get out of the way or else William Perry wasn't going to make a shifty move in the backfield. He was going to lower that 350 and drill you right in the back. So I love Fridge, love that guy to death. He made offensive football fun for us because he was an important part of just the enthusiasm, the excitement, and the world-renowned attention he got. What was the play called? It was was just – a, a straight hand it to William. There no, there's was no, no name? Fancy. You guys yeah. didn't name there your plays? No, yeah, there was no fancy. Yeah, we did name oh. the plays when you had multiple people in the backfield from Walter Payton to Dennis Gentry to Thomas Sanders to Neil Anderson, so on and so forth. But when you introduce William Perry to the backfield, it's just hand it to William and get out of the All way. Right, so you're telling me in the huddle, hey, we're going we're gonna to give it to William here, block. That's it? Yeah. Nothing, nothing yeah. else? No. That sounds, you know, that's are, like a bunch of kids in the park. Hey, you know, we're going to just we're going to give it to the big guy. Well, I mean, so, you know, he would. So if he's replacing a running back and we had a, a 31 influence, if we had a slant 24. So Williams in position of the four back and yeah, slant 24. But Williams getting the ball. So it, it wasn't a secret to the opponent. It was just they recognize that 
after he ran, after he was a lead blocker in San Francisco, then he carried the ball against Green Bay. And then Dicka says, okay, William, now we're going to throw you the ball. And it was just a simple pass pattern to William outside into the flat, threw him the touchdown, and he became history. And we're history, Tom. We're out of time. So we're going to wrap things up here on Bears All Access. Talk to you on Monday night, Tom. Bears, Vikings. Tom, please stay healthy, will you? Hey, I'm staying in the house by myself. (laughs) All right, (laughs) folks. That's going to wrap us up. Thank you so much to our producers and everybody at The Score. For Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. That'll do it for us tonight on Bears All Access. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Good night, everybody.